0: Welcome to the teaching ministry of Dr. Fred Lowry, illuminating God's Word for today's world. The choice, the Word of God, or the world? The choice, Christ, or culture for us? We can choose Christ. Billy Graham was asked if he'd ever thought about divorcing his wife and he said no not divorce murder yes but not divorce so some of you are anticipating the message today on murder and killing and you're relaxing I can tell already you're just think, well you know I've gotten burned by some of those commandments but certainly I've never killed anybody so I can relax but don't relax too quickly because there are a lot more ways to murder someone than with a gun or a knife. And what the sixth commandment is all about, it's about the, the sacredness of life. The sanctity of life, the value of life. And not only does the commandment tell us that we are not to kill, but it tells us that we are not to harbor rage in our heart. Because if we harbor rage and resentment and bitterness and malice inside us, it not only kills us, it has the potential for erupting and actually killing someone else. Murder is a hot topic, it's everywhere. If you watch television at all, if you read the newspapers, in fact, I was working on this message on last Thursday, and Thursday's paper was unbelievable when it comes to, to murder. There on the front page, you saw the, the picture of the, of the compound in Waco, Texas. And you remembered how those four agents were killed and over 80 cult members, including 18 children, burned to death in that place. And then you saw the, the building in Oklahoma City, the Alfred P. Murrah Building. And you remembered that a year ago when that bomb hit that building... Exploded and as a result 168 people were killed and many children and babies in that daycare center as a part of that federal building And in that same paper it was about the Menendez brothers uh, How that they had you remember they gunned down their parents and they got life imprisonment And then in Egypt Some guys cut loose with guns and and killed 18 people tourists coming out of a motel and getting on a bus to go see the, the pyramids there in Egypt. And when I saw those news clips, I've been there, I've been there as a tourist. And then in Israel, 75 refugees killed as Israel uh, said they accidentally hit the wrong building, a UN safe building there, and all those people were killed. And then in that same, and this is, as they say on television, and that was only Thursday, uh, in that same paper, it said that one year ago, we had 200 militia groups in America. Now, one year later, following the bombing, one year later, we have 441 militia groups in America. And 47 of them have, have racist ties. And then if you kept reading that article, it says we also have militia groups in Bozier in and Shreveport. And it gave the name of one of those groups. Now that's sad, isn't it? I mean, murder is everywhere around us. In fact, I read one out of every 1,000 strangers that you meet has already committed murder. I'd say you better be careful who you bump into. Because everywhere there is a potential that you could be murdered. It's the fourth leading cause of death. We're talking about cancer and heart disease and murder in this country. And television fuels the violence. By the time a kid is six years of age, he has seen over 6,000 murders on television. Let's know what John 10, 10 says. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Now when the Bible talks about the thief, it's talking about Satan. Satan comes to steal and kill and destroy. God is the opposite of that. He is for life and life abundant and life full. In John 8, listen to what it says about Satan. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You know what's behind all the killing and the hate and the murder? It's the devil himself. In fact, you take that word evil and turn it around and it spells live. Take devil and turn it around and it spells lived. You see, life and Satan are antithetical. They're they're diametrically opposite. Two things the Bible teaches us about life. One is God made us. God gives and sustains life. And that's one major reason why only God ought to be able to take it away. In Genesis 2, 7, listen to what it says. The Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and the man became a living being. God created man God is the origin life cannot be explained the origin of life cannot be explained without God Evolution is not a science It is a bias against Almighty God Let me read you something. This is from Dr. George wall Nobel Prize winner in science is what he said when it comes to the origin of life on this earth there are only two possibilities. Creation are spontaneous generation. There is no third way. Spontaneous generation was disproved 100 years ago. But that leads us to only one other conclusion. That of supernatural creation. Amen. We say, hey Amen, Dr. Wall. That is incredible. Nobel Prize winner. But he goes on. We cannot accept that on philosophical grounds. Therefore, we choose to believe the impossible that life arose spontaneously by chance. Isn't that incredible? Man had much rather believe a lie than truth. He had rather believe the impossible. And he says it's it's evident. That there are only two choices, and one of those choices has already been ruled out. But rather than say God created man, that God is the origin of life, we will choose to believe the impossible. So that's why I say that evolution is a bias, bias against Almighty God. And it's amazing how, how in education we bought into that, and evolution is taught not as theory, but as fact. God made us, period. The second thing is God made us in His own image. He not only made us, He made us like Himself. Not merely as an animal, but He made man different from all animals in that men can think and they can choose and they have a conscience, a soul. We are unique, we are different. We have a different voice print, a different thumb print, different DNA. God gives physical life God gives spiritual life God gives eternal life and here's what he says in this commandment about life Exodus 20 13 you shall not murder simple straightforward don't murder King James says kill that Hebrew word it's a rare Hebrew word it means murder Genesis 9 verse 6 explains it Whoever sheds the blood of man By man shall his blood be shed For in the image of God Has God made man Man is made in God's own image Not only did God make man But he made in his own image And if you destroy that If you shed the blood of that man Then your own blood will be shed because of it. So the Bible clearly prohibits murder It says that human life is sanctified in God's sight. And that the the deliberate taking of another person's life is the most heinous act possible. The Bible is clear and specific. We are not to murder, it's against God's law. Well, you say, well, what about uh, all killing? Well, it's not a prohibition against all killing, it's not a prohibition against the killing of animals for food and clothing. God told Noah he could could kill for food. Jesus cooked and ate the fish on the seashore with the disciples. God told people to sacrifice animals. Certain animals use them for sacrifices. In Genesis 9-3 is what he told Noah. Everything that lives and moves will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I now give you everything. So it's not a prohibition against killing for food and clothing. Secondly, it's not a prohibition against the killing of a thief who breaks into your house. And of course our law gives you the right of self-defense If if somebody's about to, uh, to murder you or murder your family, then you have the law on your side as you respond in that case. Exodus 22, 2, if a, if a thief is caught breaking in and is struck so that he dies, the defender is not guilty of bloodshed. You see, murder is terrible and wrong, but if somebody's about to murder you to defend your own life, then you murder that person. And in that case, see, I never want to murder anybody, but if you're going to murder me, then if one of us has to be murdered, I'm going to choose you. Is that okay? I mean, that's just, that's just uh, what I, how I think it ought to be. See, see, we live in a sinful world where sometimes it's not a choice of right and wrong, it's a choice of two wrongs. Don't forget that. That's an important truth. In a sinful world, it's the choice of two wrongs. War is another exception. God told his people to go to war. And in a sinful world, sometimes the only choice is to go to war. Again, it's the choice between two wrongs. War is wrong. It leaves orphans and widows. It costs billions in tax money. It leaves behind devastation and suffering and, and starvation. But let me tell you something. We're going to have wars till Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, comes back to this earth. Because of sinful humanity. So sometimes we have to go to war. We have to choose between two wrongs, not between right and wrong. But war is wrong. It's like murder is wrong. And then accidental killing. Well, now, what are some ways that you break this commandment? We've talked about some exceptions now, what are the ways in which you break this commandment? You say, Well, this is, I can relax here, I know, because I, I certainly have not broken this part of the commandment. Maybe I've killed a squirrel uh, or even a deer, and those, so I'm, I'm off there. So, and I hadn't, but, but I hadn't done any of these. Let's talk first about insidious murder violent and unauthorized killing premeditated, where you act out hate and revenge and you take the law into your own hands and you murder someone. Listen to me: the Bible teaches that to end a life is God's prerogative. It is clearly God's prerogative. God gave life, God sustains life. God gives and God takes away. So when you usurp God's prerogative, when you play God, you are sinning against God, you are sinning against that victim, and you are sinning against society. That's a triple sin. God says, it's wrong, don't do it. Insidious murder. Well, let's name some of them. Abortion. Abortion is murder. Murder. Science knows that from the moment of conception, the fetus is a human being in the process of arriving. And yet in this country, we are murdering 4,000 babies every day. You, you read the story of of the, the guy that killed the rat who was ravishing his garden and... And he called the Humane Society to pick up the rat. And the the Humane Society summoned it, gave him two summons, two citations. Uh, One could cost him $1,250 and up to six months in jail for killing a rat. Well, the the papers got a hold of that. And and so this guy started getting, the Humane Society guy started getting a lot of, you know, criticism. And so he kind of wanted to water it down a bit. And he said, well, it, it wasn't so much that he killed the rat. It's the fact that he hemmed the rat up and the rat didn't really have a fighting chance. (laughs) Give me a break. (laughs) And you know the sad thing in America that we're more concerned about protecting the rats and giving them a fighting chance and the spotted owls and the whales, and yet we are murdering millions of babies who are trapped in their mother's womb? And we're concerned about trapping a rat wonder what God thinks as he looks down on us. Suicide. I tell you, it breaks my heart to, to know the suicide rate today and how it continues to climb, especially among teenagers and young people. And sometimes when, when that has happened, all of us are sympathetic and our heart breaks for someone who's been touched by this. And I think sometimes in that moment we say things to play down The act of suicide. Almost to give the impression that it's not too bad. It's all right. It's a way out. But I want you to know suicide is murder. It's a sin against God. It's a sin against yourself. It's a sin against your family. It's the most selfish act that anyone could ever commit. I know there are times when the mind just goes crazy and someone takes a life and they don't know what they're doing. But if someone knows what they're doing, they are committing a terrible sin when they do that. They're committing murder. And suicide is a permanent solution to temporary problems. Regardless of what's happening, it never gets so bad as you need to take your own life. you and to play God and usurp God's prerogative. That's wrong. Euthanasia, that's the philosophy that that when a person becomes intolerable, when life just is so intolerable that that, uh, it's better to be dead than alive, that it's all right to take the life of that person. But who decides when that person is to live or die? Who decides when life is intolerable? Because we have to be really, really careful here because if we say that that this is appropriate, then we open the door for killing the unwanted and the unloved and the unlovely and the unnecessary. And that's happened in past history. And you've read about it and you know about it. Insidious murder. Now let's talk about indirect murder. Another kind of murder. Murder. You can indirectly murder your wife or husband. You can put your wife or husband in an early grave. By your own negativism, you're cutting words every day where you slowly murder, you crush the spirit, you kill that person's joy and just take the color out of that life on a daily basis. And maybe put your husband or your wife in an early grave. Indirect murder. You can put your parents in an early grave. And many, many kids have done it. Actually murdered their parents by their own rebellious and selfish behavior so that those parents die prematurely and out of a broken heart because of a wayward child. They literally die in slow motion. I read the story about a father whose two sons came in drunk. And he tried to get them sobered up and he got some coffee in them and And then he took a gun and placed it in the hand of each boy. And that really sobered them up for the moment. And he said, Boys, I want you to go upstairs and I want you to take those guns and unload them into your mom. I want you to kill your mother. Because what you're doing is you're killing her now every day with a slow death. It would be a lot better for her if you'd just kill her with that gun. Incredible truth to help those boys realize what they were doing in that they were literally killing their mom with their lifestyle. You can crush and kill a child's spirit. Parents who are abusive. I've dealt with women in their 50s who've looked me in the face and said, I have not had one happy day in my life because of what my father did to me. He killed her. Murdered her Took the joy and the happiness out of her life her reason for living Total rejection Lack of love lack of understanding we kill we crush the spirit of a child. I Read about a teacher in New York who who did this experiment with ribbons and she gave each child uh, some ribbons and the child was to wear a ribbon and then put gold letters on the other ribbons that said uh, you make a difference and then to find someone who had made a difference in their life and give them that ribbon and tell them that they've made a difference and so one uh, teenage boy uh, didn't really want to do it but he he knew that he, he had a a man had helped him and kind of been a father to him and mentored him who was a junior executive. And so he goes to that man's office and he told him, he said, you have helped me so much. You've been like a father to me. You've made a difference in my life and I wanted to give you this ribbon. It says, you make a difference. And I want to give you another ribbon so you can give a ribbon to somebody who's made a difference in your life. So after the kid left, the the junior executive thought, you know, it seems kind of corny, uh, but I guess I ought to do this. And then he thought about the CEO. And he said, if I'm going to do it, I've got to do it for the CEO. So he went into his office and he said to him, you know, you gave me a chance. You hired me. You took a chance on me. And you put up with many mistakes. And I just want to thank you and I want to tell you, you've made a major difference in my life. And I want to give you this ribbon to wear. And I want to give you another ribbon so that you can... Tell somebody that they've made a difference in your life, and so the CEO took those ribbons. And after the man left, he thought about it. He said, "This is ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, the CEO of a company walking around wearing a ribbon or giving out ribbons—this is crazy." The more he thought about it, he said, "Well, I hate not to participate in it, but I don't want to do it with anybody in the company." So, but then he thought about his teenage son. And so he went home and he said to this boy, he said, son, I know I've been tough on you. I've hollered at you about your grades, about your hair, about your clothes, about your friends. And I just want you to know how much I love you and how much joy you brought into my life. He, he, he said, the day you were born is the happiest day of my life. He said, son, I just want you to know that I love you and you've made a major difference in my life. The boy started crying. He said, son, you, you okay? He said, yeah, Dad, it's been a tough, tough year, and I know I've made a lot of mistakes. And he said, I would convinced myself in my mind that, that you didn't love me and that you were embarrassed by me and you were ashamed of me and that I, I've let you down so much I could never make up for it and I could never measure up to what you wanted. And he said, "Back fact, today, Dad, I'd made plans. Tonight after supper, I was going to take my life. But he said, now I don't have to do that because you love me. It's amazing the power of words that we can use to crush and to kill or we can use words to build up insidious murder indirect murder the liquor industry every 22 minutes someone's killed an alcohol related accident every 60 seconds someone is maimed for life because of alcohol 4 million teenage alcoholics in America you, Robert McNamara wrote a book, uh, what, six months ago, about the Vietnam War. And now, after all these years, he says, Guess what, folks? We made a mistake in Vietnam. And we at the White House knew it at the time. But let me tell you something we've lost a lot more lives by alcohol than in Vietnam or the other wars combined. When are we going to admit that's a mistake? If we value life, he said, but everybody does it. Friend, I don't care if in our homes they put in cold water, hot water, and liquor. I hate it because I'm for the home and for the family and for life and for happiness, and it destroys all of that. It's indirect murder. You say, well, I don't see how I could be indirect murder. You let a drunk driver kill one of your family members and see if you don't think it's murder. Murder in the worst form. Tobacco industry? You say, preacher, what's going what's wrong with you? You can't just talk about all these things. Well, it's too late. But now you know me. I'm not going to get up here and tell you smoking is any of the hell, but I will tell you to make you smell like you already been. <laughs> And you see, I feel a lot worse about smoking today than I did 25 years ago because now we got this whole thing of passive smoke. You not only kill yourself, you kill us, and that makes me mad. <laughs> and now we got all these smokers' rights. I mean, you know, they, uh, listen, if you smoke, you are a murderer. You're not only killing yourself, you're killing us. Plus, you stink. Don't tell the next crowd of what I'm preaching on, would you? I won't have anybody in here. <laughs> and, and now, you see, they're finding all out, out about these tobacco companies now that they've been guilty of planned addiction. That they've been adding this nicotine and, and feeding it to these teenagers and marking these young people because they are planned to get them hooked for life. You say, preach, where are you going next? Well, let's go into gambling. Gambling is killing, marriage is destroying lives. Paying millions in hush money. You know what? All this money that's coming in, it's hush money. It's saying, just be quiet. Don't talk about the problems. Don't talk about the problems. You're getting all this money. And you know what we've bought? It doesn't matter the damage that's done. All that matters is the dollar that's brought in. Hello, you okay? That's right. And I guarantee you if we voted today, this place would vote for gambling. That's right. 25 years from now, no. Because now we're blinded by the dollar. And we see nothing but good. But one day this whole country will know that gambling is a killer. That's right. And it's anti-family lifestyle You can kill others and you can kill yourself by the way you live. You can dig your own grave. By neglect. By letting your weight get out of control. By having habits like tobacco, tobacco alcohol. Many, many ways. But then there's another thing. It, we're talking about indirect murder. Leading someone else into sin. Jessica flying that airplane little kid in that airplane Let me tell you what I believe I Believe that either that instructor or that father or both murdered that girl Because you see they led her into sin they led her to doing something that was going to cost her her life They took off in a small plane a loaded small plane with a thunderstorm right over the airport now. That's a no-brainer even big airplanes fly around thunderstorms. The rule is don't fly through a thunderstorm. They took off in one. Well, I call that indirect murder. Well, we've talked about insidious murder. We've talked about indirect murder. Let's talk about invisible murder. The uncontrolled temper. You say, Preacher, you're not going to leave a soul out today. <laughs> Well, that's why God gave us these laws. We're talking about hate and revenge and malice that's inside. The Bible says, don't let the hate, don't let the heart become the headquarters for hate. Jesus told us over the Sermon on the Mount it's the attitude, then it's the action. It's first in the heart, then it comes out in the life. The destruction is unbelievable. In the spring of 1894, the Baltimore Orioles came to Boston to play a routine baseball game. But what happened that day was not routine. The Orioles' John McGraw got into a fight with a Boston third baseman. Within minutes, the whole team was fighting. In a few more minutes, it broke out in the stands. And then someone got out of control and set fire to the stands and burned down the whole place. But it didn't stop with that. The fire spread to 107 other Boston buildings. All the devastation because of uncontrolled temper in one man. Unresolved issues. You see, you're you're walking around the time bomb. You're you're dying inside when you have all these unresolved issues that literally would kill you. And if they go unresolved, they not only are killing you on a day-by-day basis, one day you may go out of control and actually kill somebody else. Unforgiveness. We're talking about harm to the soul. We're talking about murdering your own soul, dying on the inside because you refuse to forgive someone and it poisons your entire being. We've talked about insidious murders. We've talked about indirect murders. We've talked about invisible murders. Now let's talk about insensitive murders. Cruelty. Where you rip people to shreds with words. Words kill. Words crush the spirit. Character assassination. People attacking character of other people. The Bible says we commit murder when we attack somebody's character. Character when we kill somebody with words, when we kill their reputation, when we try to kill their future, when we make accusations. Prejudice? It's something else we have to deal with. It could be insensitive murder. Gossip? Well, if I've missed anybody, that probably got the rest of you now. The meanest member of the church is the tongue. In fact, I thought about a long time when I baptized people, ought to have them stick out their tongue. Because <laughs> that's the only part that doesn't get wet and it causes more trouble than anything else. <laughs> One lady came down the altar and said, I want to lay my tongue on the altar. The pastor said, I'm sorry, the altar's only 20 feet wide. <laughs> but he said, lay her down, we'll fold her back. Gossip is one of the worst sins we could ever commit. Have you put a knife in somebody else's back? You killing somebody else with a knife in the back? See, that's the amazing thing about gossip. That's why you know it's so wrong, is because people don't tell you to the face, they knife you in the back. And I see it over and over and over and over. Insensitive murder. What about neglect? Knowing to do good and failing to do it, the Bible calls that sin. Withholding that which is best. Withholding love from someone. Neglecting to do what you know is right and best. Like seatbelts. We know now that seatbelts save lives. Do you have a responsibility to buckle up those kids? And if you don't and they're killed, do you understand that that is insensitive murder on your part because you knew to do it and didn't do it. Maybe your house is a fire trap and, and you've been warned about it. You need to do something about it. You read about that, that story that came out, uh, uh, I don't know, a few months ago, uh, maybe it was last year, on the home alone, the, the couple that went on vacation and left their little kids at home alone with Nothing. Went on vacation. They're killers. Those parents are killers. Insensitive murderers. What about murder of the soul? We've been talking about murdering the body, but I promise you murdering the soul is worse than murdering the body. In the home, godless parents can murder the souls of their children. I believe one day in hell, children will rise up against parents and say, you murdered my soul. You left God out of our home, out of our lives. You never told me about Jesus. You murdered my soul. It can happen in schools and colleges where professors under the guise of, of education tamper with the souls of our kids and say there is no God. There are no absolutes. You came from nowhere, you're going nowhere. God help the teacher who tampers with the soul of a student. In church, liberal preachers who deny biblical truths. We got preachers in this area who deny that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. They deny that Jesus can forgive you of your sins. They deny the resurrection. They deny the supernatural. And they're still in pulpits in this part of the country. going to tell you, I don't understand why anybody would keep their family in a church where the preacher does not believe the Word of God. Because you are playing with the minds, the souls of your children. I mean, if you've got your children under a preacher, under a youth pastor, who denies the supernatural, who does not believe in the atonement, then you are a participant in the murdering of the souls of your children. What about in your influence? By failing to point other people the way, could you be a soul murderer? By having neighbors that are lost and you've done nothing to share Christ with them and they die in their lostness? According to the Bible, yes, there's blood on our hands. Soul murdering. And you can also murder your own soul. By rejecting Jesus Christ. Soul suicide. You hear Christ knock, you, you sense the Holy Spirit speak into your heart, and you say no to Christ. And He's your only way of salvation. The greatest murder in the history of the world happened nearly 2,000 years ago on a busy street outside the city walls of Jerusalem, on the darkest Friday in history, Jesus Christ was crucified, murdered on a cruel Roman cross. And the only good thing about murder is that murder provided our salvation. They meant it for harm. God used it for good. You see, Jesus was dying our death. We were there when they crucified Christ. We have rocks in our hands. We're murderers because we helped nail Christ to that cross our sins because he was dying for past, present, and future sins. He became sin for us. He was murdered so that you and I would not have to have a heart full of murder so that you and I could be forgiven and that we could have the strength to live in love and to reach out to other people in love and to love the unlovely and to love even the ungodly all because of the cross. You say, preacher, are you saying that God forgives the sins of murder? I certainly hope so because all of us have been guilty of that sin in one way or another. But I'll tell you how I know that God forgives murder. God has given these laws to Moses. Remember? Check it this way. You remember that? To Moses. Moses was a murderer. Moses killed a man. And yet God has not only forgiven him and restored him, but now it is to this former murderer that God gives the law. The only sin that's unforgivable is the rejection of Jesus Christ. Yes, God forgives sins. Because Christ was murdered, you and I can be forgiven. And from the cross, he says, I love you. I died for you. And I want to take the hate out of your heart and replace it with love. I've come that you might have life, not death. Spiritual life, eternal life. He says, I'm the way. And then on a practical basis, he says, don't try to To keep my law on your own, you need my strength to do it. If you're going to keep the hay out of your heart, you've got to let God help you do that. If you're going to keep the murder out of your heart, you've got to let God help you do that. But He will. And walk in His love on a day-to-day basis. We hope you were blessed by our program today. If you would like a copy of today's program, go to www.fredlowry.com where you can find this program and other Christian resources by Dr. Fred Lowry.